Welcome to Toast in the Morning. It is now time to put on your big boy pants. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It. Welcome back. We are here again with another live episode of Toast in the Morning with our second ever guest after a record performance of Carlos. Yeah. We have Dan. He killed here. it, man. He killed it. Dan, give us a give us a couple words. What do you got? What's going, everyone? Glad to be on the podcast today. Yeah, you should be. You should <laughs> okay. be grateful. What are you thinking? Give you a platform right now. Uh, oh, um, yeah. I have a lot to outperform with with Carlos. Yeah, and, and if you don't, then yeah, you're you're, the you're cut from the program. The Sorry, boss. <laughs> Sorry, boss, man. So, uh. We brought it. Mixing things up today. Looks exactly. like. We are going in a completely different direction. We love our sports. We love our music. But we Look. also love our stocks. Well, the other two guys like whatever stocks. makes us money. You know, we brought in Dan as a little bit of a uh, financial, financial advisor. He's our financial yeah. advisor, um, <laughs> research extraordinaire. Exactly. He actually worked on Wall Street, by the way. All right. What is it, true, Dan? You like you like to do a little research on the side? What do you like? Uh, I'm mainly about like long term investing but i've been interested for the past like year year and a half but it's been pretty interesting that's cool we've been talking about this for a while we actually i think we started doing a lot well me personally when i started asking you a lot about it it was about beginning of march when the entire market kind of collapsed a little bit but you were into it before that though no i was like looking at it but when i really started investing is when i was it during like it was march March. that's crazy like i feel like that's such a crazy time to get into it like the Imagine just being investing for years and years and years, and you have this average eight percent return every year yep. for decades. And then you start investing in March, and the market goes crazy. It was insane. It was on. It, it made zero sense to me. It did nothing more but confuse me. If I'm going to be completely honest, it doesn't make any sense. What do you think about like the what now with this whole market? You got new investors coming in. It always happens really in this, these big surges have been happening. This, oh, like, like the kangaroo Robin Hood market. investors. The Robin Hood investors. I know you're one yourself. Oh, okay. But... I don't. Okay, there's a Robin Hood investors, but then there's like the actual Robin Hood quote unquote investors. It's just like a day traders, you know. Like, okay. It's just ridiculous. What do you feel about them? You know, a little bit of pumping the market, like you know, buying know. into code. I try to ignore as much as I can. Whatever. Wait, what do you give us an outsider perspective? Yeah. So you know, as a as a rookie, you know, wanting to uh, get into yeah, the. Do, do you uh, dabble toast? Uh, if you mean by dabbling, you mean by putting money into like probably like the safest stocks known to mankind. Then sure. Like okay, I, big, big Moderna again. Love Moderna. Love Pfizer. <laughs> you, you know, you know those vaccines. You know. Um, but no, uh, just tell us uh, your journey through the stocks and like. Where'd you start? You know who actually got me into it? Who's that? Chris. Chris, okay, big Mike got him rolling too. Maybe, maybe he'll he'll make a future appearance on the. He's uh, got a few uh, words to say no, about he, you. No, so uh, what was it? Crap, what was um? Oh my portfolio right now. I start. It literally will tell you like when I started if I check like all time. Probably like twenty eighteen. I think you. Um, I think it was freshman year. Of so, college. College. Or high school. It, it literally says here my first day was April twenty sixth, twenty nineteen. Okay, was my first day, and I remember because my friend, you know Sam, right? Yes. Yeah. So Sam. we got into it at like the same time, and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So I would basically just buy like I was like, all right, Chris, just tell me what to buy because I have no idea. And he told me like you know 
the basic stuff, like Amazon. I think he told me, like, a couple other companies. And then I got bored because I'm like, what? I'm not gaining, like, 10% overnight. And then I would just, I invested in some crap companies. I ended up losing thousands of dollars in the first few months. I, I like, the first, up until the beginning of 2020, I was, like, down $2,000. I, I didn't that was a big That was the Hexo days, correct? Yeah, I was invested in some crap marijuana company, thinking <laughs> that it would, it would be the next big thing. Like I, I was some genius investor on Wall you're, Street you're ahead of the game. With, with insider trading. That's how confident I was. I was a, I had a similar experience, but it went positive with oh me. Oh my god! Friend. That's I remember. This is that. when I first started trading. I was like, you know what, this company Nikola, I'm gonna go for it. And I think they went up about a hundred percent in one day. In a single day. You were you put puts on it actually. I did. You had no faith in it, and then that day you were talking so much trash about Nikola. It went up about a hundred percent the same day. But it, it, but it turns out that that kind of what you were saying in the beginning, how you just started trading like this it was complete luck. Yeah, I didn't even ridiculous. have that much money in them, so it was just a cool experience. But it really kind of show it kind of shows you how volatile everything is. It's That's just not supposed it's a complete. To it was, but it turns out now there's a, the CEO leaves and a whole bunch of drama happens with the company. It turns out they were faking everything that made them go up a hundred percent, and they went down from like about ninety dollars a share to what they're at sixteen dollars ish a share. I haven't down been hundreds I of percent. I was following them. I think I that was a shame of a company. They're so like, they're at oh, when they go up to they're sixteen forty now. They spiked to like thirty four. Yeah, they were they are so crazy, but it, it's really crazy because it's a lot of people think you can get rich instantly overnight and there, there's trade people, options there's, there's and no, day trade. No so what is Nikola? Nikola uh, is an alternative energy. They started doing vehicles that were running on hydrogen-powered engines. And they were saying, we're going to have a car up by next year and ready to go. Everything was pumping out. But it turns out not only did the car not exist, they had nothing ready and had no technology. Okay. So it was pretty much a scam. It was a complete sham. And then also the CEO had to step down because I think he was caught being a sex scandal. Oh, that's great. So the entire company went to shambles. It was like the fire festival. Yeah, it was just an absolute debacle. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, Mr. Mr. Daniel, so, uh, kind of goes through like the highs and lows of your investing career. Like, what do you see as the important? Do you see, like, do you want to push investing to younger kids? Uh, I don't think you should, like, I wouldn't force it, but I think you should, like, know about it. Like, educate yourself. Yeah. I kind of just, it's not that difficult. You just kind of well, look think, into it well, I think, and kind of. It, it's kind of like you have to go through your own journey, kind of learning about it. Well, I think people should learn to know like what companies like. For example, like retail is like you know not the best, not, right not now, the a great, bit like, brick and mortar. Exactly, and like, you know it's funny that you said that because retail has been on a tear in the past two months. That, is that true? Like what companies? So companies like Macy's, J.C. Penney, and well, didn't J.C. Penney go bankrupt? Didn't they? I know, but just because. Um, well, like they were so heavily hit due to the pandemic. Yeah, people pumping them. That they have just been flying because they were so heavily shorted. Could also be like the holiday season too. Yes and no, because that happens naturally every year. So it's not going to force a big spike. Because in the past five years, they've been downtrending anyway. Like you see spikes usually. Like I'm looking at a graph right now. Like there's spikes usually around uh, November, December. But they've been da- like companies like Nordstrom have been downtrending for like five years. 
Okay, but take us through your strategy a little bit. What do you do when you're like picking out stocks or the type of investments that you make? I wish I could say I had a better strategy, but sometimes, like for okay, for some companies, I'll actually try and do some research. Like I did that for, I did that for like Walmart. I put like a decent amount of money in there, and that was when they were they uh what did they do a couple months ago? They had Walmart Plus. Yep. Well, the, and didn't they do? Didn't they like it was like the new Walmart? Yeah, like, Walmart Plus. Yeah, it was to compete was. with Amazon Prime. No, well, the, why, why, the, did, why does well, everyone just throw a plus after everything? No one's original. <laughs> it's they, what did they well, release well, yeah, today? Walmart Minus. No, no, no. <laughs> they had the and what was the thing they just released yesterday? It was like Discover Plus. Oh, I have no clue. I have no clue. They just keep releasing. They can't think of their own names. I mean, there's not too much with that as long as the service is better. But the one thing with me, at least with picking stocks, I feel like for the average person, it's better to rock with a traditional I was, ETF I was just about to that say tracks that. the S&P. And I'm a huge fan. I know you have one. I have a few. Hopefully, Evan can look into it. The Roth IRA is humongously beneficial. I it's amazing. I think everyone under the – once you turn – do you have to be a certain age to open a Roth? 18. Can you – You can co-sign with your parents if you're under the age of 18. If you're 18. under 18. Yeah, if you – you should open as, a Roth at some point. It's as soon as you turn eighteen. I think it's the best thing you can do between the ages of eighteen and twenty. You and you can put one. up to six thousand dollars a year into it, and it's I think tax it, I protected. think it varies, isn't it? I six, it was six and a half. It's six thousand dollars a year, five hundred a month. Roth contribution. Loan. And then you can, yeah, that's what it is for now, and it's tax protected. You pull that money out tax free when you retire. And oh, you, it was. It's okay. So it's it's seven thousand if you're over fifty. That's the only difference. Yeah, uh, but that yeah, doesn't really matter. By the time you're 50, I mean that's one thing. But it's it's a beautiful thing, especially if you just load it up with the S and P 500 ETF trackers. You don't have to pick specific stocks, and that's going to give you about your eight nine percent every single year till the day you start pulling money out little by little. And I think that's a beautiful thing for younger it's people pretty, to learn. So the one problem I have with the Roth, I like Roth, and I'm going to use it. I didn't max mine out last year only because. So you knew about right, the pandemic. If, if not even that, not <laughs> that, not that. Like okay, so I want to have the majority of like my money go to enjoyment in like the years between say twenty and like forty. When I'm older, I want to have money, but I don't want all my money to come when I'm like sixty-five and old and wrinkly. I get what like, you're I saying. Don't but have, I feel like it's a bold kind of like your Does that make sense? I get what you're saying, but I, it's nice to get that max because when that it money gets, sooner that money starts rolling and it more compounds harder and harder. But that's the time. By the time you hit your 60s, you'll be sitting on multi millions. Oh yeah, you can turn. You can absolutely. You can turn five hundred dollars a month into just, like four or five ma- million dollars. You max it out every year. You can easily turn that into millions over time. But. I, I think but yeah, I, I think it's the perfect tool for somebody who maybe unlike you isn't huge on um, doing a bunch of research and, or let's say you're working a lot oh, don't have the time for it but I'm just saying though just in general like if you're not really don't care about it, not focused on it it's a great tool just to be able to put your money and not be afraid of constantly checking and updating on it it's not something you have to look at that's constantly. what's so great about ETFs because you don't need to so wait do you know what an ETF because we didn't even explain ETF to, to, to toast do you, you know what an ETF is? Uh, so do you, no. do you understand? So go into that a little bit. A stock. You understand what a stock is, right? Yes. So it's an ownership of a company. Yeah. yeah. So an ETF is basically like, all right. Wait, what does the ETF stand for? Uh, and an ETF and it is an exchange traded fund. Okay. So when you own an ETF, you own basically like 
So for the S and P five hundred, it's an ETF of the five hundred. Like it's, it's not. It's not like largest, is it? It's the lar- largest cap companies. Yeah, I don't think it's market. Is it, it just but just in general, they have like yeah. gold ETFs, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's basically like companies make it yeah. to track and follow a certain trend. So, so like, like explaining how there's multiple ETFs. Yeah, like, so you can have an ETF for tech, you can have an ETF for retail. And like the reason we were talking about, you know how we said that, do you know what volatile means? So if something's volatile, it go, it's, it's very... It moves it goes up and down. Low, low. So we said ETFs are less volatile. Because it's a combination of more companies, stocks are more volatile because it's basically just choosing one company. So with uh, tracking the S and P five hundred, it's very much of a flat growth. Even though you might not see as much if you're doing one specific company, but there's less of a chance that you lose money. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull it up right so now. So it's a nice, to... consistent seven eight percent every single year. And it... so, like the past five years, the S and P. ETF has only gone up. It's gone. I say only. It's gone up eighty six percent in five years, which is really good. Other companies have like gone up insane amounts, but this is never going to. It, it'll go down. It'll have years where it's down, yeah. but it's going to consistently keep over going up. five, ten, twenty year trend. Like it's if been you great. look at all time for the S and P, so it's gone up. That was like a record. Like you should recommend people investing. In the S and P ETFs, it's very safe, reliable. It's the most method. like basic one. You can look into other. Like, I wouldn't go for. What, is there a tech? There's, there's got to be a tech ETF. There's, and I just think just to plug this in, I know you're a big fan of the book. I recommend this. Recommend this book for a lot of people. Oh, the Common Sense Investor. Phenomenal book explains the benefits of using those ETFs, or or specific, more specifically, the S and P five hundred. Is it common sense investing? The common sense and is it common sense investing? Uh-huh. Common sense investor. You could check yeah, the exact title, good. but it's written by the CEO of the Vanguard Fund, correct? Yes. And he has on that's V O O is their S and P five hundred. Are they going to recommend the Vanguard for? Yeah, and he basically yeah, talks about yeah, the difference and the yeah, benefits John, of just John C. Bogle. Because yeah. it's very difficult to outperform the market. The market, like I said, is around eight percent every single year, and it's not easy for the average person to sit there and outperform. It's and funny go past that you, it's 8%. funny that you say that right now when yeah. anyone can outperform the market just because they say that because they're like, oh wow, genius, look, I have twenty something percent this everyone's year. Everyone's a genius in a bull market. Exactly. Everyone, everyone's an absolute genius. Once again, but over a lifetime, it's rarely outperformed. But that yeah. money, people are gonna keep. It's like a, it's a cycle. They invest in a company that it doesn't even need to be a good company. Just because it's a bull market, the company will go up. They'll see that it's green. They'll sell and they'll invest in some other company. And then in like a year, when the market collapses, that money's gone. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, they just keep putting it back in. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Daniel. Yes. Huh. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting some stellar uh, questions. So, uh, to, to tool your mind. What are your thoughts on Amazon? <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. So, no, they're, they're, they're solid. They're, they're a solid stock. Like, and for everyone wondering, there's a little bit of a running joke because Dan was yeah, supposed to. I, I tried. To, was, so it was going to invest in Amazon about what? It was a little over a year ago. No, I can actually check because with. Because Chris uh, asked you to invest in that one, and and that was just funny overall because you thought they were a little overvalued. And I think from then they've gone up like what eighty percent, probably fifty to sixty, seventy percent. Like that. To be fair, everything has. No, but they've just gone up ridiculously. It's just crazy you see because you don't really know what's going to happen. I I bought a full ass share 
February sixth. February sixth. Uh, twenty twenty. What were they worth then? Like two k. Two k. Wow. Well, pretty much. They're up what to thirty two hundred. I think so. Wow. That's crazy. I look at it, but Amazon isn't like any. I, I, you can't even compare Amazon to like tech or like e-commerce. There's a whole different Amazon company. They're everything. Own, they're doing so much stuff. They have they're, they're a streaming service. They're uh they're a a plat, uh, an e-commerce platform. Okay. They have music. They have it's crazy. They have everything. But what's your opinion? I, and I'm missing all? so many different things. I only listed a few there, but. What's your opinion on all this, Evan, as a beginner slash outsider? It's very overwhelming. I agree 100%. It's very overwhelming. Like, I bet you you guys thought this was probably the same stuff. I, yeah, I I've gone to the same Unless, unless you're like, you know, big brains, God-given talent of stocks. Like, you were just born with like that. Anybody who pretends like they know everything that's going to go on the market are frauds and liars, really. No, I don't know. When someone asks me if I think a company – is going to go up or down? I it's just really say, only I people's know. opinions because yeah. nobody knows for sure. But that's the thing. You that's can't the know. Thing. There's too many different factors. But that's the thing. Like that goes I, back I just, to what you're saying before. The, the thing is, like with like stocks and like even just like sports betting, like when it comes to, like making predictions. It's like, oh, would would I should I hit the over under on BYU? I, I'm whatever. so out of the loop on sports betting. No, me, me too. I feel like everyone. This is off topic. I feel like I know so many people that became gamblers. During the pandemic. Like, well, so many people. That just happens in general. When the economy goes down, people start turning to gambling to it's try and so flip their money people. back. My roommate, every day I'd come back, he's just like, oh, betting on the, on the, on the Nets game today. Yeah. That's what I was in. That's basically what day trading is. That's why it's a very, like, <laughs> very risky Honestly. game to get into. Because I get there are day traders that know what they're doing. But for, once again, I'm talking for the majority of people. It's really gambling. It is oh, yeah. gambling. Yeah. And you, you look, could, you, you could, oh, uh. Also, when you play Madden too. You play Ultimate Team. Yeah. That, right. that, that's, that's gambling. It really is. It's it's kind of crazy. That's why I, I people keep pushing. Like you got like those biggest guys like Warren Buffett, et cetera, et cetera, who he barely even picks that many companies. He sticks to a few solid investments that he's structural companies changing. and just stay, ride it to the day he dies. Like He's just been sitting on these same companies. He's been sitting on Coca-Cola his entire life. So you know how there's different like day trading like chart patterns that the people will. Like, I was talking about at? market analysis, like yeah. those. So like technical. So you know how they'll be like, oh, this is a I don't I don't I don't look at it, so I don't know. They'll be like, this is a head and shoulders, so it's poised for a breakout. Because I've actually support. seen something funny. I saw something yesterday. They, they um uh, some long term investors. They kind of call those people who look at the trends as like the uh, star signs of the male world. Yes. So. I saw it was it wasn't like a. It's a study. lot of correlation. You really can't say oh because it's gone up and there was a resistance line. Then it's gonna definitely go. Dude, you there's have no so clue. many different terms. The in the book I was reading, I forget the name of it, but he was saying how if you could flip a coin, heads tails, and if it's like heads or if it's tails, if it's heads it goes up a certain amount. If it's tails it goes down. And the guy flipped a coin and made a chart over the course uh, of the coin flip and. He showed it to his friend who was a day trader, and he was like, oh, this is poised for, for growth. This is a good pattern. It It's just random. It's absolutely random. It's random. It's like how we thought. I remember when there was the battery day for Tesla. I was convinced they were going to go up. I wasn't invested when in was that. that? But that was, I want to say, what it, it's January. I think that was November. Tesla, every, every company's got a day now. Tesla. They had their battery day or something like that. You know what I'm talking about, right, Evan? Uh, I, I, yeah, September, September 22nd. Is that what it was? 
But we're convinced that like, they got to go up to having the whole big event of oh, this new technology for batteries. And they went down like 10% The same that people do that. That's the same thing with like, oh, the iPhone comes out today or Amazon It just doesn't Prime work because it's a priced in. I know or, you're a big yeah. fan of things being priced in. You yes. love explaining that. Talk about that a little bit. What does that mean when something in? is priced in? It's when the market has already reacted to future outcomes of events. So Okay. Basically, when the market started recover, well, I don't know how true this is, but it's kind of what I'm thinking. When the market started recovering, like months ago, before there was any vaccine, it was the market basically predicting that. All right, it's not going to get too much worse from here. A vaccine's going to come out, and everything's going to go back okay. to normal. And that could and. What the market thinks doesn't even have to be true. It's just what, as long as it's like emotions. Yeah. So, like, how does something like a updated stimulus package make the market go up or down, like in the government? Like, how does that, like, let's say the they're saying, oh, the like stimulus is going to be two thousand instead of six hundred. Why does that make the market go higher? How does that work? Because people are very. It doesn't even need to be like you need to delve into oh this stimulus and this. It's kind of just people see money getting pumped into the economy. So they're excited. And they it's gonna go green. Gonna go up. But so you got more people. Then they're, not thinking about, they're not, you're not thinking about. You're not thinking about the exactly. long and, and they won't be scared of yeah so compared to six hundred bucks. Exactly. Like oh we have two thousand. Everything's gonna go up. So you send more yeah. people pumping money into the economy it's, instead of printing out more money. And that's kind of the whole point like, of the stimulus. So you, it's stimulating the market. Like, you took economics. Yep. How, Actually, yeah, uh, is the economics. Inflation, uh, what is inflation going to look like in like five years from now? Inflation's it's kind of crazy like, how it, it all works, especially zero? it's been on a huge macroeconomic scale this year, especially with the Fed and the way they've been doing the rates. Because the, I think they're gonna have a you know about that zero percent interest rate for the banks until like twenty twenty two. Like rates have hit all time lows. There is zero percent for banks. Wow, they have. I don't think they've ever hit zero, have they? I think they have in the past, but this is the long. It's going until twenty twenty two. They're gonna hit zero percent. They're really propping up this economy and hold. Like in all honesty, if you look about it, we're hitting economic highs. But we're having we have a negative GDP right now. Economic, uh, unemployment has hit all time highs, yeah. and it just doesn't make sense. Like the numbers don't add up. The market what's is really not what's the economy. There's so much money being printed and pumped into the economy that it's kind of just propping it up. So if one thing goes wrong, it could lead to a huge collapse. But they're just hoping like, the more money like, we put, just just keep it up. Yeah, and that's kind of what the Fed's job is to to prevent people from absolutely going haywire. Like when you said about the zero percent interest rate, yeah, like. How do you like? Is that like? Should that be worrying? Or should that be good? It's like, not. It's, it's, it's good for to get money flowing in the economy. So basically, what for, happens is the money that gets loaned out for the banks that's on a zero percent interest rate. So it's yeah. you still have an interest rate from the banks, but it's going to be lower because the banks are not paying back interest to the government on those loans. Yeah. So it's going to be lower. So what they're hoping is going to happen is with those lower interest rates, they have more people taking out loans to either buy a house. Get a you know, open a second mortgage, go start a business or something. Just like, please take out money, get everything flowing again. Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing with the stimulus packages. Like, oh, let's say if we give you six two thousand dollars, people are like, oh, I'm gonna go put that right in my savings account. That's not what they actually want. They want they want to, you to go spend They want to take that two thousand dollars, go buy go to some clothes, go to, go bananas. eat out with your nice. family. Exactly. It's to get money flowing again because yeah. actually saving and holding on to your money is yeah. detrimental to the economy. Go buy, tru- you're, go you're buy dollar, five Chalupa Go, go we'll buy the new Xbox. Value yeah. in, in just the sitting bank. in a savings account. It does nobody any good. Mm-hmm. What is the depreciation of the dollar over time? I don't really depreciation? know. Depreciation? Yeah. It's about 3% it de- annually. It, yeah, it depreciates every year. 
So let's say your your bank is giving you well before pre pandemic is like one point two percent. Most savings accounts are giving you point six percent right now. That's so because we didn't we you opened an ally. I opened account, it right? out. One, I, I opened it out one percent. I think when I opened mine, it was like one and a half percent. I'm not even kidding. It was. I think it was like one point two. Rates. It's what is it now? Point three. Point six percent. Oh, point six. Or it might be point three actually, but because they just have to keep cutting the rates. Because so think they, about they it. don't have a choice, and people, are, you know what people are doing, and it's so annoying. They're it's like so. Some people will. Oh, okay. This is a one point five, and they drop the rates, and they'll switch to like one that's slightly higher, thinking that it's no good. Doesn't do anything. Like they're gonna go back up, just not for a good amount of and also, time. Also, fractional percentage is gonna do you anything, but that also coming full circle. That's the beauty of putting your money in something that's going to appreciate by 70% annually, like yeah. those ETFs. Because think about it. Evan. It's still good to have. I, I would always recommend having Let's a say you take there. your $2,000 stimulus check and I'm going to put it in my savings account. I'm going to hold on to it. And they give you that 0.6%. Let's get crazy within, let's say, 1% pre-pandemic. And it gains 1% a year, but the dollar is losing 3% of value every year. You're losing money by letting it sit there. You saved yes. it, but you're losing money. So by able to put that and let it grow with the market, you're gaining five six percent a year instead, with including the inflation of the dollar. Okay, does that make sense? I, it does. Yeah, I I understand. It's that. just a lot of numbers. It, it is like, I've taken plenty of business courses, but it's like, it's so fascinating because I remember I took macro and micro uh, economics. Okay. My during my first year of of college. Yep. Well. I took macro my first semester and micro my second semester. And it's like, I want to know. It's like, it's fascinating. I know there's like a lot of graphs uh, my first semester of college. Okay. Did like, you pass? I did. All yes. right. All he right. did pass. Did. Big yeah. uh, 4.0 guy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, the macro class was my lowest grade in, in, in uh, community college. Macro gets a little confusing. It gets confusing. It's, I it, it's like macro. so fascinating. Like, it's such, I was like, every time I walked in that class, I'm like, I might not get it. I might be mediocre. But it's cool. Uh, it's it's like yes, I want to know more it's about so GDP. I want to know about like how. I actually was kind of excited the fact that it kind of worked out itself because I was I took macro this last semester. I took it in high school, but I never took the AP exam because I was a senior and just couldn't care less. Yeah, true. So I, I kind of cruised through because I knew everything really, but. Now with everything going on with the Fed and what's going on with this pandemic, plus taking it at the same time, it was really cool to see real live examples of happening what they're teaching yeah. in the class. It is pretty cool. It, it's very. Yeah. It's the most one of the most confusing, but it makes sense when you see actual examples. When you, like you're talking about, oh, the interest rates that the Feds are putting out this, that, the other, and they're doing it live on television. I would watch it on live on the news in the morning. Exactly, it really makes things make sense. No, yeah, exactly. It's like explaining, for example, Dan, how football works. Yeah, oh, that is I, true. I, I it's, it, it, you need instead of me explaining to you the rule book, you just have to watch it and just get it. And that's probably the same thing with yeah, just stocks and make you know all macroeconomics and all that stuff. So, but on that point, I know we just talked about a lot of the value of investing at a younger age and the time in the market over the you know just trying to get those numbers up right away in the first couple weeks. But how important is it then to build a credit? And you know, maintain credit cards at a young age because I know you're very passionate about that big credit score guy. Uh, in terms of credit score, yeah, my credit score maybe not so much yet since I just started, maybe like a couple months ago. But a credit score is basically like your grade for every important decision you will ever make. Okay. They'll pull it out and they'll say, "All right, you're good. If you want to buy a car, yeah. So you you can buy a car, but you got to pay more money." Okay, because so not, it's basically how responsible you are with your money. 
And How did they get it's that It's so number? easy to um, get it started. It's basically a combination of the length of your history. Okay. Uh, how many different types of credit you have, meaning like an auto loan, a, house, a mortgage, uh, an actual credit card. Uh, how many, if you have any derogatory marks or if you have any inquiries. Okay. Uh, an inquiry, do you know what an inquiry is, Toast? Uh, it's basically when it, when a lender looks at your credit score. Okay. Or... So is, it, is, is it kind of just like... It's basically them like checking. seeing like what... They basically do a deep, uh, deep search. Like, oh let's God. say you go to get a car. They do an inquiry to see what your credit score is, if you have any past marks, good things, bad things, etc. Yeah. Like, I've... I've heard the the term before, and like I know what the term is, but I'm not sure how you can impl- how I, I apply it with like FICO and like okay. credit score. Do you have a credit card? I do. You do, you just got one recently, correct? I got one like be- right before the pandemic. Like that's January, crazy. February. So I remember you had one for the longest time. Was there? Ever, I was cash. I, cash is king. I know Which you're a big you cash guy. You gonna put? You gonna whip it out right now? Yeah, but in your, in what? Your that's oh, cool. big Picatinny guy? Because personally, yeah. I think a, 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 your dad works at Picatinny, yeah, correct? Yeah, exactly. But I think a big reason why a lot of people don't get it early on, let's say I'm talking like 18 years old, I which is when you should get it. I think there's a lot of misinformation going on. So there's a and lot like of scams are, and like... It's not even that. I feel like no, a lot of people are afraid they're going to dive into credit card debt. Like let's say their parents got into problems and they tell them like, oh, don't get a credit card, you're going to go to debt. But it creates a lot of fear around it, so they stay away from credit cards until they're in their later 20s, and then they go to take out a mortgage, and they just can't, can't get a house, can't get a car, and it's just too difficult. Yeah. Like, you'll save so much money developing a credit score, more than you will investing, because all the big purchases in your life... You're not going to buy in cash. You can't. Yeah. We have a friend who thinks that he can just buy his house house in in cash. Like, we've, what are you, a drug con- dealer? We've converted them. You, you're not going to roll up and like pull up with three hundred thousand dollars in a what briefcase. Is Ozark? Like you just pull out a. It's just a, not. A it's just not going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> like I know I love my cash. I, I use my cash pretty much a majority of eighty percent so of the, the time. But yeah, like that's, the mis- it's a little the crazy. Misinformation yeah. you were talking about before. I didn't get it because I thought, oh, I don't need it because I don't use a credit card. I think I was the but, first one to explain that to you. Yeah. Right? So. I don't even need it. You don't need a credit card either. Like, I don't need it at all. Yeah, I have the money, yeah. but the purpose is to build that credit it, Yeah, score. I'm just doing yeah. it so that, like, right now, I, I just got... An, I, I probably shouldn't have gotten get an extra one. I got... The first one I got was... Um, what was it? It was the Discover It, like, student card. But I feel like the hugest thing to that do when you first turn 18 is to t- get that basic student card. And you can make a little purchase, go out and buy a meal once a month and charge yeah. that card and, and pay it off, off instantly. And then you yeah. don't need to worry about the interest and rate at all. never, it's, never it's let that money like, run over the next month. Don't miss a yeah. payment. And it's one of the biggest things you could do to save yourself money. So instead of worrying about penny pinching, we know that's another big book you're a fan of. And like, let's say you're like, oh, I'm not going to buy a Starbucks coffee. Save $5 here. Save $2 there. Coffee. Save, make it easier so that you can save and make yourself money in the future. Like example, having yeah. a better credit score will save you more money than if you were like, oh, I'm not going to eat out today yeah. and be all worried about that. Exactly. The the important purchases that you make are not the, oh, should I spend $5 here? It's, okay, do I have a high enough credit score to save hundreds of thousands of Over dollars on this mortgage yeah. like, or on this car or on, on anything, on a loan? That's how it. That's why you want your credit score to be as high as, as humanly possible. Yeah, I. The only time I use my credit card is for honestly food, or, uh, I think I bought maybe like 
want a video game over the fall. Yeah, just perfect. Before. As long as it's just yeah. small charges. It's hard to like work on. Like, but also, I tend to use my there's small things. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, you still buy freaking in-person discs. CDs. Well, yeah, that's CDs, just that's unrelated. Oh, well, that, that's completely under unrelated. That was, yes, <laughs> I did use cash. The big CD guy. Yeah, but yeah, pretty much. I do the majority of my purchases on my credit card, and I will instantly like that day, next day, and just pay it off. And you also get the the added benefits. They'll give you two, three percent cash back. Oh, yeah, that's just, just uh, extra little cake. bonus. And a lot of times they'll give you free miles and stuff like that. Some if you could take advantage of this, are, are crazy. Well, I was when it comes to so like. You know, there's like these credit cards, like for example, like there's like JCPenney credit cards or whatever. There's like credit yeah. cards for like certain stores. Like how does like Best Buy credit cards, right? Those in but, simplest stores possible are an absolute sham. Yeah. Because are you saying just for companies or just for the retail? Just for just for companies. Because I, I, I was I don't know some companies are fine. It, it depends because in reality you can get cards that let's say like, you give you two three percent back everywhere, right? Let's say you take out a JCPenney card and they only give you back 3% at JCPenney. Well, what is that? What good is that going to do you? Only, you're going to only shop at JCPenney? They're kind of forcing you to be limited to their store. Got it. When you can get better cards that will pay it out everywhere. So it's like they still work and you can build credit through them, but it's kind of stupid because they try and lock you into their specific yeah. brand. So I'm going to disagree slightly only because the two cards I have are both company cards. Which companies are those? I have the Apple card and the Amazon card. Well, I have the Apple card as well, but the reason why I did I don't say Apple is because they don't lock you into Apple products. They do but give you, you add What is it, three percent? But they will give you two percent anytime you use Apple Pay all the time. Okay, so the reason I think the Amazon is such a good card is because every single person uses Amazon. Yes, yeah. that too. But the, everyone um, uses Amazon, and it gives you five percent cash back. For every purchase, a lot of those work are beneficial to some of those bigger companies, but it, majority of the time, it's like when you go to you know like little stores, you go to a Macy's, and they hit you in the kind of like, hey, you could open up a card, and we'll give oh, yeah, you. Whenever, whenever they end the, the the conversation of you buying something with the oh, want to sign up for a credit card, you'll get a fifty dollars free. Uh, nine times out of ten, no. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, um, like what's like a recommended uh, limit of like how many credit cards you should. If there's not okay, so it's not really numbers really we can handle, but really for somebody starting up, it's really just stick with one and build up that yeah. way and get used to making payments every single month until you're comfortable getting a second one to accelerate the process. It's the best thing you do is let's say you're going to college, you can open up it's the Discover student card, and you'll get they'll also get they'll give you uh, gift cards if you keep like above like a three point five GPA. They'll give you cash back, do all that above, and just work on the credit score to build it up to save you that money over the next however many years. Okay. So uh, for me, I opened up a couple only because so thirty five percent of your score is payment history. Okay. So what I was thinking is that okay, if I'm making, if you have say you have one credit card over five months. And you pay it off, uh, say you miss one payment, so four out of five, so that's 90% successful. Obviously, that's only that's a short amount of time. Actually, four out of five is 90%. Did I just mess up my math there? Four out of five is 80%. Oh my goodness. Four out of five is 80%. Yeah, so okay, 80%. So that's I, I not very good. So say, you, so say you, instead of that, you open two credit cards. Okay. And you made successful payments for the same amount of months. But since it's two different cards, it'd be double that. So it'd yeah. be a higher percentage. So basically, it's if you don't 
miss any payments, you don't need to worry about opening multiple cards, but it helps just in case. And it also helps with uh, making it, it uh, gives you a longer average length of credit history. Yeah, I just agree. The only thing I disagree is for when people first starting just to get used to making payments. Oh, it's no, a when little you first start, Just get a card. Like, just get one card and, and have it for a few months. I agree completely. That's good. Hey, man. You're smart. Yeah, I mean, four, four divided by five is, uh, is 90. Yeah, there apparently. you go. Oh. Four divided by five is 90. Sure. I, how did I mess that up? But to hit I'm one, an engineer, by the way, and I, I honestly don't think barely. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> but to hit one final topic, I know you, you've been excited about this, especially in this current state. We're just talking oh, about. We're about to get into that. We were just talking about you know the whole macroeconomics. We're talking about the currency, et cetera. Where does cryptocurrency come in, especially because it's hit all time highs the past couple of days? I think it's hitting an all time high as we speak. It just crossed 37,000 for the first time. Just now, is that 36, It literally just 200. crossed 37,000. Wow. I think you looked away and it went up $1,000. It's funny. I think I remember. Like, like, are you watching it? I'm, I'm, I'm watching on your laptop right now. Like, it's funny because it's like. Bitcoin, I remember, like senior year of high school, it would just be a joke. Everyone, yeah, I, it was honest. like, oh, we got oh Bitcoin. Oh, this guy Bitcoin, invests this. in Bitcoin. It, exactly. Now, if you invest in Bitcoin, you're like a swab, like you're Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, you're living, in, you know, the Swiss Alps. You're living in freaking Monaco, or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's okay. So yeah, it's almost thirty seven hundred. Wow, it's, it's absurd because it's becoming more um, thirty seven thousand. What's the word I'm looking for? Like available, acceptable, acceptable. Yes, thank you. Explain like PayPal. Explain to me how that works. What is Bitcoin? Bitcoin, I dude, it's so complicated. I've seen. I started watching a few videos because I like literally like a week ago because I wanted to understand it and. It's like based off of uh, I, I can't even get into how complicated it is, but it's a type of cryptocurrency that's its value comes from the fact that it's fully online and basically it's fully decentralized. There's what, no wait, what does that mean? There's no government involved. There's no there's no regulation. There's no regulation at all. So it operates on a free market. Yeah, there's a little no bit of economic of terms there. There's no Bitcoin incorporated. So like, whereas the U.S. dollar would have the Fed monitoring and yeah, no keeping things on track on the large macro scale, this kind of just operates on the free market and does as supply and demand regulates. I could go into like for thirty minutes. I'm not going to because it's. I I would probably confuse myself. How there's certain ways that new Bitcoin enters. Uh, into the into the I don't even know what you call it. I, want, I don't want to say market like yeah you can say market the, market's the, the right market. word and there's way that you can like earn Bitcoin like mining I know those, have you heard about like Bitcoin mining those I so what is I've Bitcoin heard mining? about it it's like, like it's so it, in, in like a basic way it just think of it as mining if I could complicate it but it's basically a way that you can. It, it's like a complex math problem that your computer does, and it gets it's like rewarded. Okay. Okay. If so that how, makes sense. It's how confusing. does it all? Uh, what's the correct word here? Like how secure is this secure? Like yes. how, how does how secure is Bitcoin compared to the dollar? Like you know how you could fake it. You know people make fake twenties. Oh, are you talking secure as in like? Like can you can someone hack your Bitcoin? Oh, okay, so it's. It's back for like I think 256 bit encryption, which is very safe. So it's pretty much impossible. Someone's gonna hack your Bitcoin. It could. I mean, it theoretically could happen, but it's very, very rare. They would have to guess. They'd have to be a very lucky person. Like how? Like, I mean, unless you just walk around giving your passcode away, because your account has keys. Basically, whenever you make a purchase, or whenever you set, so the way it works, 
is so you you were talking about this just earlier. You're gonna make a Coinbase account, right? So yes. when you make that account and you send someone Bitcoin and it's Peter sends Dan five Bitcoin, which is what is that like a hundred something thousand dollars? So say you send me five what, Bitcoin. Yeah, forget about so, it. So okay, it's just more. say you send me that somehow. You, you become a, a philanthropist. So what it would do is it would be basically you know how when you write a check you sign it. Right? Yeah, I got so you. So it has to be signed. It's like a digital signature, basically. And that signature can only be signed if you know, like, the uh, basically it's like a private key, which is yours, that no one else knows. And it's the private key is linked to a specific message. So you can't, it has, it's basically, it changes depending on the message and only you know it. Okay. That, so, that, that makes sense. I any yeah, I, I, it's kind of like hard to wrap my head around it. Even I'm not it's, even sure. If, it, it, it's honestly saying, extremely confusing. Right. I still have no clue what's going on. I only have a couple hundred dollars in there right now. It's really hard to figure out what's going on here, but I really can see a future in this existing as a possibly global currency. Because it's starting to get accepted at stores, too. Is it, actually? I, I was about to say, like, how you... Like just like the reputation, like how's how's how was it? I'm pretty sure two I watched, three years ago. I mean, right now, Warren like, Buffett was like hating all over it like a couple years ago. I just saw something today that so JP uh, Morgan switched JP their opinion Morgan on it. Said that they um a couple years ago they said it was like a sham, but then they just said how like what, where is it? I literally had it right here. Oh, it's the future. JP Morgan said that Bitcoin could trade as high. As a hundred and forty-six thousand dollars. I mean, hasn't it become the largest if cap financial company or whatever to you want to call it? With gold as a safe haven asset for investors. Not too long ago, J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon called Bitcoin a fraud. I think Bitcoin is the larger the the largest market uh, market cap out of any financial service in the world now. I think they they passed J.P. Morgan. They're com- they were We're coming. They were coming up. I, I was about to say they were coming up on Berkshire. Which would sure be funny because Warren Buffett hates Bitcoin. But he he's hates, Warren Buffett hates things that are too complicated. I noticed that he does not invest in very complicated. And I respect he's it because like, it's like worked Coca-Cola. for him. It's worked for like, him, so stick to it. What else does yeah. Warren Buffett invest? I think he had. Uh, he's a big McDonald's guy. He invests in things he understands, and I like that. I think that there is something about Bitcoin that could propel it into. Like, like, like what you're saying, we were talking about this about a week ago when they were about 30,000, right? We were and talking we're like, two they days could, ago. They could was, go down to 25K tomorrow. They could go up to 35. Now they're at 36,500. Like what, like a week ago? Yeah. And it's just, it's just kind of crazy how this all works because people get very concerned, especially with it operating on like a free-floating market because what, like, is this something you know? What dictates the price of Bitcoin? Like what makes it go up and down and fluctuate? I, I can't. I'm going to be I'm gonna be honest with you. I I wouldn't be able to tell you. It's the same way the the dollar fluctuates in value. Okay. But I I not even fully sure why that happens. It just kind of I don't know. But is it more of just a supply and demand for now? Because that's what it appears to me, at least. This, this, this is good audio right now. <laughs> it, it, it's really hard to gauge. I'm not too, uh, what do you call it, like understanding of why of how currents because Bitcoin's a currency. And it's also it's stop. a limited resource too. Yes, there is an end. Like you said, how when's the last Bitcoin going to be mined? Um, I think in the 2030s. Okay. Somewhere, but 
it's hard for me. I, I don't currencies are to me are, are complicated to like gauge like the value of. So when Bitcoin goes up ten percent in one day, it's thinking like, why did it do that? Sometimes it's just because it wants to because the market feels like it. Because right, it is a scarce resource. Yes. It's not never ending. That that also gives it some form of value. It it is a scarce resource. Someone could one day just own all the Bitcoin in the world and just set the price. Well, theoretically, that would just be uh, that. You can say that, that doesn't make sense. That's impossible because then it would create more value. Right, it's just a joke. You know what? No, I get it, but I'm just saying, that's like saying, what if someone was to buy all the dollars and take over all the United States government? It just doesn't work like that. All right, you know what? I I was I thought I was doing something. You <laughs> got shut down with that. Yeah. It just it doesn't work like that. It can't yeah. possibly happen. Pete's the, the greatest fact checker of all time. Sorry. Well, now you know what? Now I want to buy all the Bitcoin in the world just Honestly, to like just to spite you. <laughs> And then watch when everyone's like, so, okay, we don't need this uh, anymore. I'll, I'll it goes become, down to zero dollars in value. I'll have to surpass Jeff Bezos in, in net worth just to prove a point. Yeah, it's just been kind of weird, though. I feel like ever since this was, I think it was Richard Nixon, remember the gold standard from the dollar. We've uh, that's The dollar had that same issue where it was kind of on a free-floating market and the Fed was dictating prices. I feel like that's what people are kind of concerned about Bitcoin. Like, what backs Bitcoin? Like, what gives it value? It's the same thing with the dollar. What backs the dollar? Yeah, that's what I just said. Ever since oh, they removed okay. the gold standard. The U.S. dollar used to be backed by gold. You I don't think be it able needs to, get, to be backed by anything, honestly. Like, back in the it was the early 70s and past, you used to be able to take your $10 and get $10 worth of gold. And it was backed physically by a substance. But I think what people don't realize is that Bitcoin has its value from its scarcity and people, and its security and people giving it that value. It can make it volatile. I think security is huge. But I think security gives it a lot of that value. I agree. Because it's not something you could fake. Like, you can go, you know, people make fake 20s. You're not faking a Bitcoin. It's impossible. I agree. I think it's just, it's just funny to see older generations older generations kind well, of wrap dad, around I, I their, their minds. I was explaining to my dad the other day. He was lost. Know? He was like, what the hell is going on? Actually, a funny story. Back when I used to have FUDRuckers as a, 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 a cashier. <laughs> oh, did I hear this the other day? I told you this story. I had we had a couple of tokens for the arcade that was in the back, and a guy that came up to pay for his burger walked up, picked up the cup, and goes, "Oh, are these one of those bitcoins?" <laughs> and first off, they were bitcoins that'd be like hundreds of hundreds of thousand dollars in a cup. There, but that's besides the point. <laughs> but it's kind of funny because they people are struggling to wrap their minds around the fact that there's no physical object that you hold, yeah. like it's a line of code, really, and yeah. it, it, it's just kind of crazy to see. Like, where do you stand with all this, Evan? How do you feel about Bitcoin? Uh, Bitcoin, I guess, do your thing. It's, it's, uh, it's just I, 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 yeah, it's I, a lot I of research. Know. I don't have, like, a really, like, hatred or a, a, a love for Bitcoin. It's, like, it's there. I remember it being a, a huge meme, like, when we were in high school. It was. It was and now it's, meme. like, If you oh, bought Bitcoin back. when we were in high school, you would have made probably $100,000, depending on what you bought. Oh. Do you guys want to end the episode on something funny? Okay, what do you what, got? What, I just saw a, uh, a thing on CNBC that Twitter locked Trump's account. That's hilarious. They locked the President of the United States account. That's <laughs> that is wow. so funny. I'm actually shocked. That's insane. I, that is a, hilarious. There's been a there's been very what I'd say like toxic political environment we've been in lately. I know that yeah. this is we that's also something that like plays politics, in. But I just think that's so that funny. and that's something that also plays into the market because now that creates a lot of uncertainty. People get afraid, and God forbid the decisions are overturned for the President of the United States, the country's going to enter turmoil. Yeah. 
And it's just, it's just like you see like the the emotions people play out in the overall market. You see it goes down, people get scared, mm-hmm. it's, things get yeah. cut, or it goes up when like things feel stable because yeah. the, the economy doesn't like uncertainty. When people don't know what's going on, it freaks out. Yeah. So it's just in terms of everyone's bank accounts and where everything is right now, it's nice to have some nice some security country and peaceful times. And that's all we really want to see. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Right. On that note, any final words for our uh, first-time listeners to Dan Cafero? No. All right, cool. <laughs> anything, anything, Dan? What do you got? Close I think it out. We, it was a, a productive episode, and we got a lot of uh, ground. I think Evan's still uh, a little confused. I'm, but I'm still lost, but you know lost what? In the like, sauce, but I think we can. We think we think we've gotten somewhere. Yeah, it it was definitely somewhere. It's a good. It laid the groundworks for sure, but uh, I know with a little bit of. Uh, practice you know we'll, we'll get we'll get somewhere we'll get there continue to learn every day we'll get somewhere and uh, uh and just invest in yourself yeah, educate and, yourself yeah, and uh chris uh hopefully you come on the podcast soon so we can talk about we'll have a wwe s- or wwe super slam chris versus dan in the uh in the investment world that'll be a funny episode <laughs> oh if you get me and chris oh, in the same episode our first debate it, our it'll first be debate it'll right be there. like a bloodbath yeah that's our first debate right there that, that that's a good one man or or we just can't first, talk about amazon or our first you know he's seminar. gonna bring up amazon that may be our first like socratic seminar so debate socratic i think evan will be a good mediator he'll be a good neutral ground you know very lost he's like switch he just sits there just yeah unlike yeah. the presidential debate Evan will be able to you know, divide everyone up yeah, and, yeah. Uh, take it easy guys come on okay but on that note thank you for listening in with Toast in the Morning thank uh, you Daniel thank you Dan for joining us on our second ever guest hope to see you here once again I hope to be here okay thank you you're welcome Toast out wait what <laughs>